Hey, it's the Biz Bros. Welcome to the show. What did we talk about today, guys? Oh, man. Everything from uh, taking action to uh, living your full self to thinking positive. What else, Fonzie? Yeah, re inner reflection, Ooh, conscious action. So, so much. There was How to so turn much your content to into profit, <laughs> entrepreneurship, stories, uh, our dad throwing rocks at Fonzie. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Professional wait, wait, soccer. I, we, we missed that story. We missed it. We We talked a lot about our dad and our love for, for him. Um, I love it. Yeah, I love incredible. it. I think that – so I got how inaction is the enemy of success, how the ability to pivot and the freedom to do so leads to success, how two brothers failing to become professional soccer players led to happiness, sunk costs yeah. and how pivoting is not quitting, how the pain of focusing on what you don't want – can lead you to clarity and action on what you do. Conscious reflections, the secrets to making all of your content effective, how best is the enemy of growth, how you can use pain to reprioritize and grow, how you can launch a business without knowing what margins are and still make it to success, how more content isn't the answer, the secrets of making M2M effective, and the four-step framework to ensure your content is effective. Is that it? I think we got it. I mean, that is a masterclass right there. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie, George. <laughs> I, ju I just learned so much from these 30 seconds that you just you just share this new new bar in our show. Fonzie, yep. you took notes. Okay, good. I did. Love it. So I'm gonna shut up now. We're gonna shut up. So you should go listen to the episode with them now. So cue the intro now. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good, because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Mind of George Show, where I believe it belongs in a straitjacket most of the time, but I am willing to share a slice of that crazy with you, and if you're crazy enough to listen, then we have a good relationship. And today, I am stoked, because I have two amazing human beings on the show. I got the brothers of business, the brothers of love, the brothers of energy, some of the dopest, happiest, most giving, content-generating machines on the planet that always bring the fire, and if I could figure out how to bottle their energy and turn it into a supplement, we would put Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates out of business. But either way, I am stoked to be joined by the absolutely amazing, fun-loving, mind-blowing, connecting, content-generating, heart-centered entrepreneurs in the world, the Biz Bros. Welcome to the show. Yes. What? Yes. Oh, oh, man, we got a live audience too. Oh, oh this the is sound. so impressive. <laughs> George, thank you so much, man, for those uh, kind words. Uh, as you were saying, I'm like, I'm jumping in the back here, trying to like, I'm, I'm, we now to, we need to perform now. Uh, I know, I would like, I'm used to going on your show, and you guys are dancing in the beginning, and I'm over here like, but it like you always bring it. I love it. Well, hello. Insert ad for my stuff in my own show, but I love this. So hey, friends. I'm taking a quick break from this episode to let you in on a little celebration my team and I are throwing with you. We're celebrating because we've officially decided to shut down our Facebook group and go even deeper in value, connection, accountability, and engagement in our private programs and masterminds. So to celebrate, throughout the month of May, my team and I are holding a special bye-bye Facebook promotion, which means hello results in your business, 
giving you limited access to our Lighthouse Business Accelerator program, LBA for short, if you hear me reference it that way. You will get two live calls per month with me and my team and our coaches and advisors. You'll get 24-7 community support in our private group and our best trainings, strategies, tactics, and foundational principles for attracting new customers, keeping those customers longer by developing a world-class customer experience and building a business that supports your dream impact. The program is $297 a month at a three-month minimum commitment. But with the Bye Bye Facebook promotion, you'll get the first month for only $13. And 100% of that will be donated to Operation Underground Railroad to combat human trafficking. This promo will only last for the next month until we officially shut down the Facebook group. So if you want to jump into my monthly coaching program for just $13 today, go Send me a DM on Instagram. You know my Instagram. It's it's George Bryant. Send me a DM that says bye-bye Facebook. And if you are not a fan of the gram, we are only extending this to people who send us a message to make sure you're a fit. So we're not giving you a link, nothing like that. So if you send me a DM on Instagram, just say bye-bye Facebook and we will send you the link. Or if you send us an email to georgeb at georgebryant.com, which is my email at the company, georgeb, G-E-O-R-G-E-B, as in boy or Bryant, at georgebryant.com with the subject line, bye-bye Facebook, then we will send you the link. So let's get back to the episode. Stoked Thank to have you, you guys. It's, it's all Thank about you, having yeah. fun, right? And, uh, you know, similar energy levels, uh, we're going to attract. So, I feel you know. like I feel like I need to spray paint my background now and just put like a lighthouse back here because that, that if you're listening to this, they got a, a dope spray painted background. See, but you say that, but I also have a seven-foot lighthouse in my office. And it doesn't fit behind me because it's seven feet. <laughs> we'll just we'll just see the window. Yeah, we're gonna have to get you one that that definitely fits in there. You know, we're gonna I know. Hide her in the lighthouse too. I've so. been I've been thinking about what to put back there, but like I love the color. It looks so good. It looks dope. It looks pretty awesome, man. Let me tell you, those LED lights on the side. Oh Ooh. yeah, and I can change the colors of them. I go pink. I go green. I go orange. It told me it has eighteen million colors, and I'm like, how? I don't understand. Uh, George, I'm, uh, we're going to drop a uh, pretty exclusive here. You know how we do our intro, like you mentioned, the music, cry, like pumping up the, <laughs> everything. So we decided that we're going to buy one of those LED lights, the Ooh. light bulbs that change colors. <laughs> so when we bring the guests now, the lights are just like going yes. crazy. Yes. Yeah, you're the, you're the only podcast that could have a spitting disco ball, strobe lights, and a light, and like it totally matches. Like it would totally work. Absolutely. It, it, it's funny because obviously, you know, you mentioned that we work with content and uh, when we first started this journey, uh, we we're like, okay, what, what's going to be the brand, right? Like, and we knew Beast Bros and we we're like, what, what, what's next? Like, what's the color palette? And we literally just hit random on this like random color palette generating. Yeah. And uh, like these seven colors came up yellow, orange, blue, green. And we're like that one. Right. And, yeah. that, and, that, and that's, that has become the branding and, and, you know, it's been like energy packed and we're like, we have the freedom to use every single color in this palette. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's the full thought process behind the brand. <laughs> yeah, man. It just looks like a unicorn threw up on your branding in the best way possible. And like, I'm totally here for it. Like, I love it. Oh yeah. You guys, I'm like, now I'm having like a unicorn shitting rainbows vision out the back of my head with the energy you bring to the world. So let's stop talking about that. Cause now everybody has a bad visual. So 
because there's both of you, you guys get to choose who answers this first. But you guys have been in business together, which is amazing as family, as brothers. But you've also been in this game for a while. And you know this question. I love to ask this question because I feel like there's so much wisdom in the lessons that we've learned to get here. And so looking back at your journey as entrepreneurs, either solo together, you know, what do you think was one of your biggest lessons? It could have come through a mistake or a shortcoming or a failure. But like, what was the biggest lesson that you got and what do you do with it now to implement it into today? Mm, I love it. And I'm going to throw my brother under the bus, you know, he's the the oldest one. So he he gets to answer first while I get to think my answer. I thought, I thought you were going to say my brother was the biggest mistake. (laughs) (laughs) That would be like, yeah, number close second. Um, All right. All right, mom. I was getting the the buzz ready to throw him out of him, but I guess, you know, he acted faster. And and, speed. As, as you were asking the question, I'm going in my head, I'm like, huh, like, really, what, what is it? What's the lesson? And, I, and we're in this crazy journey for the past five years when we first started the company. And, and that's really when we both started kind of like bonding more than just, you know, brothers, right? And uh, living in a different country. There's been so many challenges, especially like recently, uh, personally, and we can dive into this a little bit later. But the lessons... Oh, man. All right, I'll go Thank first. Thank you for the boss. Hold on, hold on. I'll, I'll go no, first. No, no, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm, good. I'm, I'm good at impro- I'm not improvising, but thinking quickly. That's my <laughs> thing. And, and normally the first thing that comes to mind is what makes more sense. If I think about it, it doesn't make any sense. But to me, it has been um, a lot about taking action, right? Like uh, when we, we, we started this journey, uh, we had no background on entrepreneurship. We had no background in business. We had no background in, in team building kind of deal. And when you're when you're when we're leading right now, we have a team in the back as well that depends on us. Uh, we have to take action in different things. Where multiple hats at the very beginning, and as you as we start to grow. So to me, that was one of the things. Kind of how can we be proactive? How can we move the things forward? That when we started publishing with the show. Uh, it came out of a moment of a lot of need. Like we lost a lot of business, about 80% of, of the stuff. We had about 60 days and we had to take action on publishing something that people were talking about it um, and telling us to do three years ago, right? I'm moving forward and we finally took action. So after that, it has been a series of um, these micro moments um, along the journey in the last couple of years that we've had to put it. And when we encountered that friction point that, personally and on the business side is that we don't progress is because we're not taking action. So uh, especially recently, we lived this crazy intense moment in in the business that is is pushing us to that. It's one of those indicators. So to me, uh, recently, that has been a, a very important lesson. That's pretty it. good. Pretty good answer right there on the I, spot. I got you, man. I told you. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I think we, so so people, the, the, the listener has an image of who's talking, the first one that talked, he's the older brother. His name is Luis Daniel. We call him Luisa. Oh, yeah. And I am the younger brother. Sexy and voice. My name is Luis Alfonso. Yes, we have the same name, Luis and Luis. But people call me Fonzi. Mm. Um, that being said, George, you know, I usually am one of those people that encounter certain situations, have an answer at the moment, and then I beat up the question for like, two, three days. And I'm like, huh, <laughs> I think maybe this would have been my answer, at the, uh, a better answer. So George, right? with that, he's asking you to check in on him in three days. I so think you should, ta- I think you should take your brother's advice and take action and answer the question. <laughs> no, no, I'm just pre-framing over here, right? Because I'm going to say in a few days, I might reach out to you and actually be like, George, you remember that question you asked me? You always uh, do. I'm here for it, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But yes, 
my the immediate thought that came to mind is the ability to pivot and and the freedom to do so right because we grew up personally wanting to be professional soccer players um that was our dream and that's what we did our entire life and that's the only thing that we chased right yes we had we went to school we had a really good um education we're extremely thankful for it but in the back of my mind i was never thinking what is the job i'm gonna go i'm gonna get next right or what is the business i'm gonna build after i graduate or even in school my thought was always what is the next team i'm gonna play for uh do i am i gonna get the chance to play professionally right and i worked my whole life towards that and in 2014 well 2014 2015 uh that dream got crushed right i mean it's i i was almost there man i like i almost made it and the day they told me that they couldn't offer me a contract i was shattered like i just cried like a little baby and i mean it's it was rough right it's like huh i worked my entire life for this now what and i think that was the moment where you know new thoughts started coming to my head what am i gonna do uh what opportunities are there what do i like what i don't like to do uh what is the people that i like to hang out with what are the people that i don't like hanging out with and eventually you know i got a job teaching kids how to play soccer and then we started building other businesses stickers t-shirts and we can dive into all that a little bit later um, but then we we pivot as well, right? At first, I felt some sort of commitment to the one thing that we were building, the stickers and the T-shirts. And guess what? That wasn't giving us results. That wasn't making me happy. Um, I had other responsibilities as well. And it was a hard decision, but that was the first time that I was like, huh, you know what? If I'm not happy with it, I can pivot. Like there's some moments, yeah, like you're not always going to be happy. And yes, you got to put the work and not not everything is, you know, you get to look with the color rose glasses, I think is the expression. But at that moment, I was like, in the long term, I'm not going to be happy doing this. So let me find something else, right? And now that we find something that we're happy doing, even though there's some moments that are very difficult and extremely challenging, there's things that we can pivot inside of the business as well. And that comes with pivoting to things inside of your personal life. Mm -hmm. So that would be kind of like the lesson. That's the first one that came to mind. And it just means a lot because I think a lot of people, you know, they're chasing a certain dream and sometimes it doesn't come true and they beat themselves about it. You know, every time I watch soccer, every time I go play soccer, I'm like, oh man, what if, right? What if I would have made it professionally? But guess what? This is the life that I'm living right now and I'm thankful for it. Uh, and it happened because I decided to pivot and, you know, look at new opportunities. I love it. Yeah, you could what if and should yourself until you die. It doesn't really do you any good. And I love I love the synergy between both of your takeaways. Like taking action and then pivoting has so much congruence between the two of them. And, you know, I've been – I heard Wes Watson say this a couple of weeks ago, and I need to find a better way to say it, you know, that matches mine. But he's like, success isn't hitting a home run. It's a series of base hits every single day. And yeah. what I love about what you said, and I have a question about this, Fonzie, is like when you said it, you said the freedom to pivot. And I would love to hear what that means for you because I see this all the time, myself included. Like I held on to a, a business for three years that I didn't want to be in, that didn't make me happy, that didn't light me up, that was generating revenue. But then because I held on to it, I ended up losing 40 grand a month for almost a year. And I like wouldn't let go. 
Like it was yeah. like something in me. Like I was romantic about it. Like I held it like a badge of honor. Like I can't walk away. And it's like, no. Like if I start driving down the wrong road, it's nothing wrong if I'm like, hey, wrong road, turn around and head back. And it was like, no, I'm just going to keep driving and driving and driving. And so like, where do you think your ability to be able to pivot? And like, what do you mean? And like, how do you go about having that freedom to pivot? I think it's such a beautiful concept. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate it. Um, you know, so a, a term that I was introduced to not too long ago, actually, and it was mainly because of the status of my relationship with my girlfriend and, you know, what we were living in is the term that is, is called sunk cost, right? Yeah. And sometimes we invest so much of ourselves into something, uh, whether that is an activity or a person, right? Like relationship or your own business, that when we see something not working, we're like, no, we're going to do it until it actually works, right? Mm -hmm. And we keep pushing, we keep pushing, we keep pushing, and then just keep investing resources, whether those are financial resources or emotional resources, right? And we just keep digging and digging and digging, and we have invested so much in this that we're afraid to let go of that and search for a new opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I've thought about this, and it also arises another question for me, which is, well, is it good? Because you hear all the time when you're growing, like, don't be a quitter. Don't quit, right? especially in sports. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. So if I'm invested so much in, into something, right, and I also have the mindset of I don't want to quit, right, but this thing is not working or it's not making you happy, then why am I going to keep digging in, in this thing, right? Is pivoting quitting, right, or is just taking a different approach to things? So for me, it has been a journey of, kind of like allowing myself that, 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 that freedom of pivoting has been allowing myself to, you know, realize that pivoting is not quitting. First of all, like I'm just being smart about it. Like look at the long-term returns, uh, mm -hmm. emotional returns, especially for me, right. Is I don't want to be miserable doing one thing that is not working for such a long time. Instead, let me look at other opportunities. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think people get just caught up in there because of all the investment that they put into something. Right. Mm -hmm. And personally, I think it, it be even be, before any sort of financial investment, I think is the emotional investment that people have uh, onto, you know, things, businesses or relationships or, or mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, I, I have poured so much into this yeah. that I'm so afraid to, to let it go. Yeah, I think, too, what's really interesting about that, and as you were saying it, I realized where I used to do it, is I was addicted to the ambiguity because I was almost afraid to see what I had sunk in, but that is actually what kept me sinking in. Instead mm. of, like, having that space to be like, wow, like, yeah, that's a lot of money or that's a lot of time or that's a lot of energy, and I feel like that's where ambiguity becomes kind of the, the detriment to being able to pivot because you don't really know what all the inputs are. And I think that's probably for me, one of the biggest lessons I've learned in all of this is that um, I don't have to know every ounce of everything, but I have to spend some time being aware of the inputs, of the revenue, of the expenses and of all those pieces to make sure that I'm setting myself up to win. Like my barometer is reading accurately, but you know, I think as an entrepreneur, I spent more time changing my environment. So my barometer only said what I wanted it to say <laughs> instead of actually telling me the truth. And so yeah. I, I absolutely, I absolutely love that. And then I'm going to flip, you know, 
to the other Lewis. Like this is, by the way, this is the most confusing thing. Like especially when I DM you guys on Facebook because you both have the same color background on your profile photo. And I just DM you both at the same time. I'm like, I don't know who I'm talking to. And the on my phone, your little thumbnails are like the size of like a millimeter. And so I'm like, <laughs> what's going on? And then I have to either look at the history. I'm like, I'm just DMing them both, like the end. Yeah. So uh, absolutely, we and all want to be friends. And our handle on Instagram only <laughs> changes in one letter. One letter. <laughs> one letter. Like it is the most confusing. You guys need colors or something. Like you need to palette yourselves differently. But it's okay. I just keep going to your group accounts. But it's now, marketing move, George. It's a marketing it's, move. Right? It's genius. Yeah, like two for the price of one. Two for the price of one. I love it. It's always it's, a deal. I love. I love. I love. Also, you know, your takeaway on an action, and and this came up. I got interviewed yesterday about this, and and I think, you know, one of the most important things, and I think, and I, what I heard you say is you learned the lesson because everything was taken away, and you're like, I have sixty days, right? Like that's the end. Like I have to put something in action. But I think a lot of times is that if we don't create that container or, you know, use Parkinson's law, we end up in this like overanalyzation, stagnation, like boom, boom, boom. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts on like, how do you know when to take action? Cause what I get from people all the time, right. Is they're like, well, but what do I know if it's going to work or how do I know there? I'm not sure what it's going to look like. And it just keeps them stuck. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. That has been a, a an interesting journey in the last in the last few days for the second stage that's happening. I mean, uh, I can go back to a couple of stages in my life where, just like Fonzie, you know, the dream was to to play soccer. And I remember a very specific in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I was in Spain and I spent there for a full year playing and trying and and I got the chance to try out for professional teams in Europe, in Germany, in Spain. Things were moving forward, and then I got injured, right? And and I wasn't really enjoying the process of getting to it. Um, I can't remember the interview that I, that I heard this too, but um, the author of Play Bigger, Alfonso, uh, you got him. Uh, 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 Christopher Lockett. Christopher Lockett, right? And they were talking about uh, the, the pleasure of visualizing the goal and wanting to leave that goal as a, in this case, professional soccer player and uh, the, the the willingness to go through that journey, right? So when I was in that environment, I was placed in, in, in an incredible academy, but the environment... Uh, was not doing it for me, right? And and it's to the point that I was like, I'm done, right? Like I got super awesome tryouts. I got an opportunity to actually play in Europe. And then I came back home to Venezuela where we're from. And I told my dad, I'm like, hey, like this is this is not it, right? Like the, I'm not I'm not continuing to taking it. Like, I'm not going to continue to take action, right? So that speaks a little bit on the pivoting side of things because the pain was very big. It was an emotional pain. It was a physical pain. I was injured. Uh, they were making me play through injuries. And uh, and I was just not willing to go through that um, to get to that point, right? So that caused a very traumatic experience at home because our dad dedicated his entire life to get us to the, to help us and getting us to this point that we were so, so, so close, right? So at that point, we didn't talk to, or I didn't talk to my dad for about four months. It was really challenging. I started going to college back home. I started working um, for Red Bull. And it was like this like crazy stage in my life where I didn't really know what was next, right? I wasn't taking action really on, on my dreams, on my vision, on my, what do I want to do? I was just like going to classes, learning here and there, business management. And then and then this event happened where politically, Venezuela, if you don't know, it's, uh, it, it's a very crazy country right now. It's a communist uh, country. Uh, people do not have freedoms. And then I'm like, I cannot, whatever that is, my, my future goal cannot happen here. And the pain of imagining that was so big that made us take action. What was the action at that point? At that point was sending 
300 plus emails to every single D1, D2, D3 school with our mm-hmm. soccer video to go and get recruited. Guess what? I did it. Fonsi did it. Uh, we both each got two offers, right? And I was very fortunate to get a D1 full full scholarship ride here in Florida. And uh, and and that was the first like step, right? I was like, okay, soccer did not did not work in in this environment. The pain that I'm living right now is making me sit down and send 300 cold emails with my soccer video. I had no idea if it's good or not to see if I get an opportunity and I got it right. Like, so, so that was like one of the first moments. Then fast forward a few years, we come here to the States, we go to school, we play soccer. Incredible. Right. To me, that was, that was the end. I did not want to use soccer for anything else. That was that the sole purpose was to come to state and, and go to school and, and then see what happened. Right. So after college, I'm like, the pain of tr- figuring out and trying to go to a job that might be a lottery or it is a lottery for international students getting the H-1B visa is so big. I don't want to go through that. That that motivated me to start thinking about why should I start? Should I start a company? Right. And it's like, what? And that was the, that was the decision that was made. And we started taking action in those steps. And we started BizRoads. We started doing the stickers that Fonzie said. We started selling T-shirts. All this while keeping, keeping jobs on, on the side while we were financing this dream, right? And then we started filtering these ideas based off of that pain and taking action, right? So fast forward again, like a couple of years, we're here helping different local businesses and COVID happened and every single business that, oh, almost every single business that we were helping at the time were brick and mortars and they all closed. Legally, they, they had to close here because Jacksonville was like, you have to close. So we're like, all right, what, what are we doing now, right? And we had about 60 day runway I went into freak out mode, right? It was it was a lot of pain because I was the one seeing the numbers and I was the one seeing all that. And then Fonsi, after a couple of slaps in the face, he's like, dude, let's, you know, breathe, right? <laughs> like you said, George, like just just take a deep breath. Yeah. Let's go out and walk and um and let's figure this thing out. So in the past few years, everybody's like, you guys have to publish. You guys gotta put something out there. And at the time we were kind of helping some some people with the with the content and and different things that we can dive in later, but we're like our content is not there. So, you know, we had a couple of Facebook lives and we did our first couple of 45 live challenges uh, internally with the team and we decided to launch the show. <laughs> Hola, Apple Watch phone call. There we go. And I thought <laughs> I put you on uh, airplane mode anyways. Um, but um, that that was kind of like the, the trigger there. Another pain point. I was like, okay, taking action. So I've started to recognize these moments where... I I just I, I internally decided to take action after this painful moment, and right because I started to identify that, I'm like, how can I avoid the painful moment? Right? I don't need to get to that point to start taking action, right? And that's exactly what this journey in the last few months has been. To like you mentioned, get ready. How can I be proactive about this, right? Yeah. How can I be uh, proactive, take action, make sure that the team is is educated, make sure that the team is trained, make sure that we are in the same page, Fonzie and I, mm-hmm. to move the business forward, to 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 move the the venture that we're creating, this world that we're creating forward, without experiencing that immense amount of pain, because those were very critical moments in my life that I was. I look back, I'm thankful for them, but I'm like, I don't wish that on anybody, right? Like, I was feeling lost, I was feeling frustrated. Like um, it was really challenging, right? And maybe that's part of the path, right? That we all need to go. But right now, because of those moments, I'm starting to realize I don't need to live that intense moment to start taking action more consistently, right? Yeah. Uh, 
and, and making these key decisions. Yeah, I love that. One of the things I want to give you kudos for that I kept hearing underneath, and you said it, you're like, I'm in freak out, like I'm feeling it, and Fonzie smacked me in the face, but there's such <laughs> a big takeaway in that because you had a gap or you had space between reaction and what you did. And I want everybody to understand that like you didn't freak out and I'm going to go try 800 things. You freaked out, you felt it and you're like, wow, what's possible? And like, you're like, oh, we got feedback that we should do this. I had a sounding board of my brother next to me. And then you get clarity and you use that energy to direct it towards that. And so I just want to give you kudos for that because I think it's it's so imperative. And I think I, I have a lot of similar stuff where I would freak out, but I would act on the freak out and it would be like this misdirected energy. And like, I said this to one of my students the other day, like I have anxiety. I'm like, anxiety is just unused energy because you lack clarity. Mm. And they were like, what? I'm like, bro, anxiety is the best gas that you will ever have. <laughs> like you have so much of it. I was like, but the problem is that it gets worse if you let it leak everywhere. Like, don't be a shotgun, be a sniper rifle. And like, I'm like, use it, like use it. And I've like learned to use it. So I absolutely... I absolutely love that. Yeah, it's, it's such a profound concept. And by the way, I don't know if you ever knew this, but you two always needed a show. You always <laughs> needed like content production. It's like you guys took like stand-up careers, humor careers, happiness, humble, awesome people. Like you belong on stage, on video, on everything else. So that's just Thank a fact. You. So, thank so you. appreciate funny, the kind words. Yes, thank you. F funny that you mentioned that, right? Like, uh, um, I remember one of the things that I really loved doing as a kid was uh, watching shows and TV, right? And in my head, right, we had our dad like, "You, you want to be a so professional soccer player? You have to, you know, go practice, right, every single day." And and that's fine. Like, super thankful, right? Like, it got us where we are now in an incredible country full of opportunities. But I remember, like, man, like. I, I want to do something related with this, right? And and now we live in this crazy industry, crazy medium where we're in front of a camera a lot of our time. I think, you know, at least 20 hours a week, we're like in front of a camera, either with our own message yeah. or sharing a message, right? And now we're making moves. And especially, you know, Tuesday, we're actually having like a full day retreat, just Fonzie and I, to reestablish what's going to be publishing, looking, going to look like in the next couple of years for us. Priorities. Like, priorities, right? And it became <laughs> the number one priority because I'm sure Fonzie can, can attest to this. Uh, the personal growth that we've had in this past year, not only through the process of putting your thoughts into words and putting it out to the world, but also the connections that we've been able to make through the platform that for us is our, our show. Fonzie uh, had a conversation today called the the the, the, the Foncast. Fun, fun fun <laughs> uh, yeah. so we, we might be rebranding it to you know instead of a show, it's just a Foncast. And yeah. um, but yeah, so that the whole process um, has been key, and, and I appreciate the the kind words yeah. and, and feedback on it. Jo George, be before we like move past the topic of action, I just wanted to share something really yeah. quick. That's, Let's have it. I had to grab my little. I saw I saw you know. grab your notebook. I'm like. He's going to send me a takeaway in three days or he's got a takeaway that he's going to share from his little book of knowledge. I'm going to just name that your little book of knowledge. It, it is the book of knowledge, man. Every time I have thoughts, like my issues, like I, I, I have so many thoughts so quickly that I just need to write them down or I'll forget. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what I wrote is you, you, you talked about people getting holed up in the stage of oh, what, what is the, the right next step, right? What is that perfect move that I can take next, right? And we, we often talk about a, a concept that we call conscious action. And it's literally 
the act of reflecting after we make an action, right? It, it, we talk about it in the context of, of content. A lot of people just put content out there and then just leave the next thing. And what we have found in, in our process that has worked greatly is the fact of putting content out there and then reflecting on it, right? Like, what what did we do good? What did we do wrong? How can we improve it, right? Um, if it's good, can we double down on this? All this type of stuff. And I, I feel since the world is so fast-paced right now, people are just like, let me try things as fast as possible without actually reflecting on whether they work or not, right? And I think that's an important step in there because you can take action, right? You, you can take the wrong choice, actually, but if you're reflecting on it and figuring that it's not the right step to take, then you can pivot, right? You can go to the other direction, but people don't take the time to do that. And sometimes they take the right step, but because they're in such a hurry, they move on to the wrong step instead of reflecting realizing that is the, the right step, but they just need a little bit more time of action and keep pursuing that, right? And something that I, an example that I love, right? Because of that kind of like perfection view is a is a story and I love, you, you always come, every time we bring you to the podcast, you always come like, you know, it's like, and you come with the most <laughs> stories ever. Um, so, you know, I, I have to share one of my favorite ones and it's about a classroom, right? It's a photography classroom. And the teacher comes and she's like, okay, we have an assignment. By the end of the, of the semester, we're going to see who has the best pictures, right? So she divided the class into different sides. One, class, she, the, one side of the class, she told them, you guys can only take one picture in the entire semester, the perfect picture, and that's the one you're going to bring me at the end of the semester. The other half, she told them, you guys need to take at least a hundred pictures before bringing me what you believe is the best picture, right? So who do you think, what side of the, of the class do you think had the best result, right? I would say the one picture. You would say the one picture? Interesting, right? For us, and what, what, and I don't know if you're if you're telling me to hear to to you know maybe go against the flow and, and do some some quick thoughts in here, but people sometimes spend too much time on the learning phase and yeah. just digging so deep into things that then they become afraid of taking action and they just want that one opportunity that's gonna be perfect. Right. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, mess, just I'm just messing with you. I'm the guy that's in like 2,500 videos. Yeah, so yeah, like, I know, I know it, I know it. I just <laughs> since you changed the scene, I couldn't see your face, man. So I couldn't read your face, you know. Um, but it, it, it's exactly that, right? The the side of the class that took the 100 pictures at the end of the semester, they had the better picture than the other group just because they took action. And then guess what? They took action and they took action and they took action and then iterate. Did this picture, is this picture good enough? No, I can take one better yep. than this one, right? Let me take a better than, than that one. And so we call this the relentless pursuit of better. And this is a concept that, that I learned from a sales guy called Phil Jones. Mm -hmm. He said, I don't like the term best because best implies there's a roof mm -hmm. that I cannot go past that. So he's like, I just like to do things better than I did it the last time. Let me try to do it better. So when pursuing action, right? Instead of what is that perfect action that I can take, because that implies there's a, a roof right there. Hey, what is a better action that I can take? And then let me reassess and move past that.
I so love that. Literally, I have like five threads to pull, and I don't think we're going to be able to pull all of them to be here for six hours. But I'm going to – I actually just named this when you were talking. I called it the action and action trap because mm. – What's so amazing is that we sit there and we wait to take action until it looks good or it's perfect, but we actually need the feedback from the world to determine the next step, right? And yes. so, but then the inversion is we always talk about, well, how do I get into action? How do I get into action? But you brought up with the conscious reflection, that's the other side of the trap and the action trap that if all you're doing is taking action and never taking a step back and looking at how did it work, what can I do differently, then you're in the overaction trap. And so I'm just going to call it the action and action trap. That's what I'm naming it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm all about the IP here. And then your brother said something earlier that I think was so huge when you when you were talking about, you know, like the pain of what I didn't want created clarity of what I did want. Like I use this for my students sometimes. My dear friend Brad Costanza taught this to me on inversion mm-hmm. theory. And as entrepreneurs, and, and this all ties together full circle, but like as entrepreneurs, we're in this like, how do I do it perfect? Or what is it here? Or I don't know what it's going to look like, or I don't know what direction to go in. And there are times that like I'll own that I can't get out of my own ambiguity, even with feedback and even with the team, but yeah. I get stuck. And this inversion theory is so good because it basically, it's like the same thing. It's like, okay, Uh, I want to get 10 new clients, right? And he's like, cool. Well, tell me three things that you could do today that would guarantee you didn't get 10 new clients. And I was like, well, I could go home and not pick up my phone. I could not respond to any of the emails and I could not fulfill on all current paying clients. He's like, great, flip it. So as long as you fulfill on paying clients, you respond to every email and you spend an extra hour in the office doing blank, you're guaranteed to move closer to your goal. And it's so interesting because in my opinion, I think entrepreneurs are the best athletes in the world, but we're also incredibly smart at tricking ourselves into stagnation. Like we are so good at overanalyzing and getting stuck and like blah, 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 blah. And all this thing that we talked about. And I'm the king of it. Like I envision, like when I walk into therapy, um, I envision that I'm Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting, and that's the experience they're having. Like I've done 25 years of therapy, and it's like a game for me now. And I love them to pieces, and some of them know me, but I'm like, ah, oh, I can't get out of my own way. But every time I use that inversion theory, every single time, like all my excuses, all the fears, all the ability not to act is taken away because it's like, oh, and it's like for right now, like I'm back into fitness and health, and it's like, okay, well, I want to get back to this goal. And Pratt's like, cool. Well, tell me the three things if you did today would reverse it. I'm like, well, I could go eat, you know, fast food. I could not drink any water and I could only sleep three hours. He's like, great. Sleep seven hours, drink a half a gallon of water and plan your meals yeah. today. And it's so incredibly simple, but it's yeah. so incredibly effective because there's no way to negate it. None. Yeah. I, I, I love that, man, that I wrote it down, mm-hmm. that inversion yeah. theory. And I think what that does is like, is just giving you the space to think right and i remember you know i i was not a a huge reader when i was growing up or that he had a huge library Mm -hmm. and he he loved to read and he tried to instill that into us but you know he grew up in a in a military academy back home so he was very strict and one of yeah. his way of making us read was you're grounded. You cannot watch <laughs> yeah. TV. You you can only go out of your room 
to go to the bathroom <laughs> or go eat and then you get to stay in your room and you get to read right so i, we I, grew just, up, on, I just want to make a, a comment here which do, we oh we, we love that. that to that by yeah. the way like yeah we have a great relationship yes. oh, oh, like <laughs> we've always had a good relationship with our dad we tend yeah. to, t- to tell the craziest stories i know so, yeah we, we used to tend, thrown, yeah it's to the craziest <laughs> one but you know like we grew up seeing reading as more of a punishment so when i pivoted from stalker mindset to entrepreneurial mindset I realized that I needed to read more because all the people that I saw that were successful, they read a lot. And I started picking up some books. And one of the first books that I I remember that was like very influential for me is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And that's actually a book that came out not too long ago. And it's about creating the space to think, right? Like we have so much noise in our life every single time that it literally is difficult for for people in general to stand still for two minutes and think about, okay, you know, that inversion theory is like, what would happen? What is that worst case scenario? Then this, let's flip the script. So, and I, and I, I love this topic because I, I think it goes along what you have talked about with us in our podcast, which is creating those space, right? I remember one, the challenge that you gave us that I'm going to be honest, we still need to do is (laughs) go through one hour stillness, no nothing, just silence and just be there with yourself. Right. And I'm not going to lie personally, the, the fear of the demons that are going to come out of those thoughts, right. Is, is, is scary, but I know it's necessary. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You know, it's funny, but I'm gonna let you go Lewis. but I got to say this. This is what I love. Everybody says the same thing. I'm afraid of the thoughts. And I was like, cool. So why don't you keep them trapped inside of you? So they keep poisoning you. Mm. Right. Like that's the whole part of it. You're like, I'm afraid of what's going to come up. So instead I'm going to push it back in and let it run me. Yes. And I was like, it's really simple. If it's coming up, it's coming out. Like, you know, like, you know, the worst feeling in the world is when you have to sneeze and then you either push it back down or somebody says, bless you too early. And it goes back down, you know, like it actually, it causes pain and discomfort, right? Yeah. That's what you're doing with your emotions and thoughts. You're actually making it worse and making it worse. You've got to sit with it. I'm going to challenge you both. I'm going to challenge you both since you're going on your day retreat to do it together on your day. Just look at each other just like that. No, 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 no. You look separately. Like be 20 feet apart, but be in the yeah. same environment and co-create that stillness together. Co-create yeah. that stillness together. What were you going to say before I you know, so politely um, interrupted you? <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. I mean, yeah, as Fonzie was telling that story, I'm like, uh, crap, we, we, we haven't done this. And and I go back to last week, right? Like uh, we, we mentioned before the call, like uh, we, we grew up without dogs. We always wanted dogs. And, you know, right after college, I got my first dog and we created like this incredible bond. And unfortunately, Friday, he got he was already super sick and very sudden. He was only seven and, and we had to put him down. And it was such a eye-opening um, experience to me. Like it was very intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't punch him for about three days. And uh, and I remember uh, feeling a, a lot of noise in, in, in my head, right? Um, and this is another of those painful moments, right? Mm-hmm. And this is not business related, it's more personal life related. But again, a lot, lots of noise. And I remember just like stepping out and, and taking our, our other puppy out for a walk. And I was like, it was the first time in probably like two years that I didn't have my headphones on, right? Or, or listening to a podcast or listening to a book or anything. I just, we just walked, right? For, for, for a long time. I can't, I, it wasn't an hour. It's like probably like 30 minutes. But I remember feeling the need of just like 
just just get out there and and just like think whatever white mind and and then we went to to a park uh right here in, in jacksonville where we live um to mountain bike francy forgot his bike anyways uh <laughs> but anyways he went running and then i ended up with the with the bike and i remember oh where, where are my headphones? And I'm like, I don't need my headphones, right? And and it was just the the fact of mm-hmm. going out there in, in nature and and moving w- without the noise. Yeah. And I was like, ah. Oh. And and I remember the conversation that we had. And I'm like, well, I don't know if this counts because I'm I'm technically doing something. I'm biking, right? But it was so important to me that then I went immediately to my phone and I closed all notifications. Yep. Everything. Every single message. Uh, I told my wife, I'm like, if it's an emergency, call me. Uh, but everything, and for the last week, it has been incredible. I, I don't, mi- I don't miss it. I don't, and those is is that noise that Fonsi talks. Those distractions, right? So, I'm reflecting now as I'm sharing this with you. I'm like, huh? Can we make a, a these a daily, weekly yeah. practice? How can we make this a habit, right? Um, because it has been in this short period of time that as we're experiencing, it has been really positive, right? And it's helped a ton. Totally. Yeah. And, and it's a different practice. I call that mindful movement, right? Um, Mm -hmm. because it's a different, basically it's a different activator of your body. Like when you're actually working out, um, and we can thank my buddy Jim quick and, you know, neuroscience for this, like you basically are 25% more receptive to programming your brain. Like it's, it's, it's Mm -hmm. statistically proven. It's been studied and everything. And so people go work out, they go move, and then they listen to other people's words and content. And they're basically getting programmed from the outside world. But as entrepreneurs, we're supposed to trust our intuition and gut to build our vision, but yet we never have the space to allow it to program our brain. Right. And so that mindful movement, um, it's one of my, that's where I started. That's where I started because you know, lifting heavy weights and doing these deep workouts, like with music was like, boom. And I was like, but why can't I create that within? And then it was interesting because it wasn't even like I created it within. I didn't even have anger anymore. I just had like drive and want, and I was lifting more weights without having to smash things and do all that. And like now (laughs) when I do listen to music, when I work out, like I'm listening to like shamanic music. I love you. I'm happy. Like if you listened to my soundtrack when I'm deadlifting 500 pounds, you'd think I had my kids care bear playlist on and it just (laughs) fills my heart. But I I think it's so imperative to talk about like, I think like we, we just finished our events that you guys will be at the next one. I'm sure you have a little FOMO after seeing everything that happened, but I missed it. I miss so it. much. A little is, yeah, yeah I'm very understatement. <laughs> we, we, made a, we made a dent in the planet on that. But, you know, one of the things is, like, I always tend to find this thread in this theme that I tend to pull for, like, a year. And a couple years ago, I pulled this thread of, like, your measuring stick is broken, right? Like, what we're comparing ourselves to isn't really there. And then, really, like, as I look down at the year that we all had and what it is, and I look down at the level of happiness in my life, the fact that I live in Montana, that I work less than four hours a day and I'm creating 10 times the results, like that my kids are happy and thriving, like the one thing that keeps coming back is space. And it's such a pattern interrupt to what we're taught, but yet if you then go look at the top, every single person has a practice of more and more space and there's a direct correlation between the more space, the more success, right? four hours of silence, five hours of silence. I do everything in an hour a day. And yet yeah. I was afraid to practice it. Cause I was like you Fonzie. I was like, Oh, and like, I had deep stuff in there. Like what if war comes up? What if death comes up? What if my addictions come up? My attempted suicides come up? Like, and I was like, 
yeah, they're trying to come up. My check engine light's on, homie. Like, pay some attention to it. And so yeah. I, I just yeah. think it's so imperative in nature. Um, I'm going to sound Mr. Wu right now, but nature is it. Like, once a week I go to Glacier National Park, and I literally get in the water, and I stand in the water and let the water of the glacier literally just flow over my legs. Like, the energy of the water. I just stand there. I listen. I look. Yeah. Like, it's so powerful. And, and really, I think it's so imperative. I mean, I have tons more questions, but I, I think, and you guys get this and you're already super conscious and super heart centered, but like, I'm going to get emotional about this. Like it breaks my heart watching entrepreneurs that have the ability to change the world, sacrifice themselves in the process to never fully do their work, to never fully get their message heard, to never fully have the impact that they could, or to never see the fruits of their labor. And I was like, instead of sacrificing ourselves to live a legacy, how about we thrive and witness the legacy and like be a part of it? And like, it, it just, mm. I don't know. I just don't think it's talked about enough. So I just appreciate you sharing that. No, absolutely, man. Is It is tough, right? And I feel like I, I personally, um, right? And we, we're a team, right? But I, I like to, when I talk about these things, because I don't know 100% how my brother is feeling, right? We mm. share certain certain things. Um, and we actually decided to put dates on the calendar to be more mindful of that part of the communication um, in our lives. But for me personally, that is something that I've been struggling with lately, right? I'm, I'm, I'm 28 years old. And I would say since I got to the States, it has all been chasing that dream soccer first. And then after that, it's like that grind and hustle. And I'm extremely fortunate for the opportunity, the people that I've met. And, and, I, and I really love how my life has gone but one of the things that lately has come out a lot is i thought of am i happy right if i stay like this am i gonna be happy in the in the long run and is what you're talking about right is i need the business in my life the business to help me build the life that i want it's not mm -hmm. me just dedicating my entire life to the business right and it's it's interesting because there's so many images out there of success um, with social media and everything that I think people get carried away on like, oh, I want to build what that person has. Mm. And they don't ask themselves, what do I want to build, right? Like, what is the life that I'm envisioning for myself? Like, people don't really take the time to answer that specific question, right? I mean, not too long ago, we we were, I'm going to say, like, we're, we were blessed of having a really good friend who has extremely, like, incredible business experience in his life right and he has a beautiful family and he came out he came into our life and he was like hey guys like i want to help you out right so we started talking and the first call that we had with him he was like okay tell me about your goals and your vision right and i was like oh, wow guess what i haven't actually sat down to think about those in a very long time right i haven't sat down to craft what like what is going to make me happy? What is it that I'm actually working for? Like I had goals like, yes, I want to bring my parents here. I want to give them a, a good life. Um, you know, I want to be financially free, like all those type of goals, but I've never sat and, and be specific on it. on like, what is going to make me happy? And it's hard work. It, it is hard work. It is. I do think it's scary work, but we need to accept it and, and do it. Yeah. It's scary because like when you put it on paper, you have to believe that you're actually going to do it. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, hi, welcome for having the part of the DNA that makes you want to change the world. And yes, you have to go do it now. Like, it's not going to get handed to you. But we actually, 
uh, I'm going to give you guys a little bit more FOMO because um, when, <laughs> when you when you weren't at the Mastermind event, um, that you will be at the next one in October. Um, I want to I want to set the record straight, George, for the audience, right? Because it's not that we didn't want to go. It was my he was at Disney, birthday. and I totally support him. But they're really good friends of mine, so I like effing with them a little bit. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, we, we, we appreciate that, <laughs> we, man. We, we we're all, we're all about the trash talking. Yeah. You know, you know what's funny Wait. is you would have loved you would have loved Rhino. Rhino's episode dropped like the other day, but Rhino. Rhino scared me a little bit, man. She brought the heat on stage. She had people doing push-ups and like, boom. And I was like, yes, girl, go. It was so, her energy was so good. It was amazing. But, um, you got fun eating broccoli. So, I mean, it is <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of the things that, um, we unpacked in the mastermind, um, which I love unpacking is, and in Fonzie, it's actually similar to what you were sharing is, you know, a lot of us, and I think you guys can can speak to this and this is going to full circle the pivot conversation, right? Is that all our general goal should be is to set a direction because when you look at it, like it's never going to look like we think it's going to look to get there because it's never been done before. Right. And so we, we started throwing around this concept of a fuzzy goal, right? And a fuzzy goal means basically if you look at a compass, you literally, as long as you're moving 179 degrees, like something forward, you're heading in the right direction. And so you know, Fonzie, I, I was the same way for a long time, but I was stuck because I was like, I didn't know what I wanted it to look like. And there's a lot of times today, I still don't know what it wants to look like. If you watched my life, you'd realize I'm just building my wife's vision. And I'm okay <laughs> with that, right? But like my wife is like opening a school and buying a ranch and rescuing animals. And I was on stage the other day at the event. She's like, hey, when you leave, I need you to go to the dealership. I bought a couple cars so we can turtle them. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I'm speaking on stage. Like, let me go sign, right? Like, and boom, boom, boom. But really what I ask myself is like, am I heading in the direction of a life that is aligned to what I want? And I don't necessarily have to know like the color of my house or what it's going to be or what car is going to be in the driveway. But I'm like, as long as I'm moving in that direction, then it's giving me the inputs required to get the clarity. And Fonzie, that was like me, like people would ask me, what's your goal? And I would throw out like shallow shit, right? Like, oh, blank or oh, blank or oh, blank. And like, it didn't mean anything and it wasn't there. And it was like keeping me stuck. And I was like, I want to be happy and make a fucking difference in the world. And they're like, well, cool. I'm like, well, if I do these three things today, it's going to make a fucking difference. The end. And like, I just started. And it's so nuts because I took that approach like last, probably like right when the world got crazy. And I mm-hmm. changed the entire business, dropped consulting clients, sunsetted a mastermind, walked away from 200 grand a month in revenue, launched yep. a podcast that doesn't generate revenue, walked away from an $8 million company that didn't generate revenue, and then started coaching people for one-tenth of the price because it made me happy. And now I live in my dream home in Montana with my family on a lake with 175 episodes of a podcast, a mastermind that I love and friendships like yours. Wow. I... That is amazing. And I appreciate you so much that you even included us in that in that yes. sentence right there, Manny. Well, of course. It, it, it fills our, our heart with happiness. That is for sure. Yeah. Um, going off of what Fonsi said, right? Like I, I remember a conversation and this is so fresh and it's so good. And I, I and I wrote something earlier this week. Um that I never write stuff. And you know, Fonzie, you haven't <laughs> read it. I never write it. I legit just go on camera and talk to the camera or to the phone. Uh, that's like my 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 
form of processing, right? Yep. And and for the first time in a long time, I sat in my computer in the cafe the other day and started writing because of that reflection with with my dog and what's happening in my life right now. And, and I remember we've we've heard, hey, don't 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 share the wounds, uh, share the scars, mm-hmm. and that's how I started. And then I was like, but in this case, I really want to share the wound, right? I need to get it out, and and that's what I wrote. And uh, and it came out. I haven't read it again since I wrote it, which is gonna be pretty interesting. Uh, but going through that process, right, and and putting it out there, uh, it made me remember when we had the goal of soccer players, right? Like we we came from a a third world country. Soccer is not the sport there. It's baseball. Uh, you guys have a lot of MLB players here from Venezuela, right? There is is there's no funding behind the sport. It's really challenging to get out there, right? And uh, I remember the the power of manifesting, right? My mom, made, we had a conversation. <coughs> she not not so long ago, we we had a really close. We still have a really close relationship. Almost talk every uh, talk almost every single day, and she's like, man, like you have such a power. You guys both have such a power to manifest things, right? And uh, think about how you guys got to Italy when you were 15, right? Like I was there in Italy when I was 15 year old on my own, not knowing Italian, playing for a a professional soccer team. And uh, we got there. Sorry, I'm getting um, a little stuck and emotional here. (coughs) Oh, where's the water? (laughs) Give me the water, Fonzie. Um, Anyways, uh, so. There we go. (laughs) Got it. Saved. Um. And I remember like going through, through that, it was a series of, of events that were happening that we were not thinking about how we're going to get to be a professional soccer player. We ended up paying this ticket out of recycled paper. That was the only way that we could afford a ticket to an Italian soccer tournament because my family, we, we were middle class, never millionaires. <coughs> Woo. And, uh, the only way that we could pay for that ticket was to go out to schools and universities, gather the paper and the plastic, and then go in and selling it. And that was the only way that we could afford those tickets to go play in that tournament that then this guy saw us playing and recruited us to play the next year there. Then the Italian visa goes, gets denied. I'm like, the dream is over at 16, right? Go back home. And it's like, my my dream, my soccer team is always Barcelona. That was the, the thing that I wanted to play. And I remember going to bed every single night. I wanna, I wanna be a Barcelona soccer player. I wanna play at Barca. I wanna play at Barca. Right? That, that was it. Like sleeping with a soccer ball. That level of visualization, of, of, of uh, manifesting, it was there. And then a year later, an opportunity comes up to go to um, play not for Barcelona, but in the city of Barcelona, mm-hmm. right in their backyard. And we take it, right? And we go there. And it was like super weird because. Our dad was in between jobs. He got this one job that paid him enough amount of money to send me there, right? And it was like so crazy. And then Fonzie followed that summer and played there for like a few months. And we were there so, so, so close, right? And then that was a moment when like everything changed. And I I decided like this is not really what I want. Different people came into my life, different coaches that did not help me at all. And and that's when I think the the mindset came. And then from that moment on, it's like, okay, what's next, right? Like kind of like what Fonzie said. For me, it was that moment for Fonzie was when he was here in the States and I almost got it. But since then, it has been a general, but we haven't been as intentional as before. So going through this conversation and going back to this conversation and then what just happened this past week, we've been reflecting a lot and and in and in silencing and in those walks. And it's like, okay, we we are powerful human beings. We can literally create the future and the and the things that 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 we want, the life that we want, our relationship with our family, with our wife, with our kids, right? I have a two-year-old, and it's like, okay. 
now how can i consciously sit down and make that make that happen and the business is a tool to help us get there but at the same time we got to do it right so before Siggy's uh put down my days were like up to 8 p.m 9 p.m and i would like put look at down and i would come back to the computer and i'm like no we gotta establish the priorities right and then the fast the past seven eight days it has been 5 p.m that's it man like whatever is there is there and then we handle it the next day the team will handle it we'll make sure that we have the systems in place so it's handled and uh, obviously with uh to to the best interest in, of our customers of our community in place but publishing and putting these ideas out there is what's is what's making it happen and and going through through those that thought process that you that you mentioned uh it's is very important and for the past you know, i don't know five six years it has been cloudy and again a painful moment made me realize that crap we're like this needs to change we need to be more proactive and and you know pivot not only not maybe not in the business itself but the way that we do things right and that full circle to the one of the first comments that we had at the beginning of the conversation so um yes it's, it's super powerful how what what this can can do for entrepreneurs right and you said like it's it's we see it all around, right? It, it's like blinds in a lot of people and we had him and he's like, oh man, okay, let's get him out. Yeah, I, I think it's so huge. Uh, Brian Bogert, um, if you haven't had him on your show, you need to have him on a show as a dear friend of mine. But um, he was at the event and he talks about pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And it's mm -hmm. really what we do with it, right? And I think that what I've learned in this entrepreneurial journey and in, in this, let's call it this life journey, like this life journey, there's a very big difference between, um, you know, pain and discomfort. And I realized that discomfort is normal, right? Because it means I'm not complacent to what's here. And it's taken me a long time to fall in love with the fact that like, if I'm complacent and everything just seems smooth, like I'm about to get in a head on collision, right? Because it's, it's, it's stagnation. I mean, you get atrophy, you get it everywhere. And so you know, looking at this, like I love the space and the stillness and the reflection and like we're going to be met with lessons. And I love what I love about both of you. I mean, like hearing everything that you share, like what you've done to get here and do it like you guys are resilient as fuck straight mm -hmm. up. Right. But at the same time, you do it with heart and passion and happiness and joy and you use that energy. And it's so, so powerful to witness. And I mean, you guys are just like walking examples of this work that you're talking about. And so if nobody's given you credit to tell you how far you've come and like how amazing you're doing, like I'm just going to tell you because it's a pleasure to be friends and it's a pleasure to witness you and it's a pleasure to be in this life with you. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Cause I still want to figure out how to bottle up whatever it is the hell that you guys do. <laughs> and, uh, and you did say something that I think is really huge. And I wrote it down. Um, I said, you know, we, we get these lessons and we can use pain to reprioritize our growth and success. And, you know, I think what's really amazing is that we either choose to reflect or reflection is forced upon us. Mm -hmm. And I think I've had enough reflection forced upon me through almost death and losing my legs and all of it and trauma to now. I just try to proactively find reflection and it tends to have a very, very positive impact. And so, you know, I'm sorry to hear about your dog, man. And I just appreciate, you know, the lessons and you being open to sharing that. And so. Absolutely, man. Yeah. If if we can, if we, by sharing that and you know sharing our experience, we can we can help more people. So be it. You know that was one totally. of the conversations we had. And you know, I know people might think differently of their pets, but you know, to me, Ziggy meant a ton. You know, it was, totally. it was a friend and companion, and uh, 
we, it taught us a ton. So what I, know, what I appreciate about you both is that you're willing to share the wound. Like, I don't agree with that. I think there's times like you can't write a book that you're still in the middle of, but like when you talk about it, like you should never turn down your expression and your experience. Like we are community people. Like what I love about both of you is your willingness to play and you play full out. And so share the wound, share the scar, share whatever the fuck feels like sharing, just share it. Right. Like just share it. Cause that's Absolutely. what we're doing. And so, all right, cool. So now I, I, I do want to pivot a little bit. I do have a question now that we've unpacked how amazing you both are and how authentic you are and how giving you are, this makes sense as to why you are such good content creators. And so you went from wanting to be professional soccer players to we live in a country that literally has recruiting platforms for baseball and they're basically running, you know, mills to get baseball players into the U S to then we need to get over here. You get a scholarship. Then you get over here, you start selling t-shirts and apparel and stickers and boom. And then you start helping local businesses and then you're like, screw it. It's time for the world to see us. Is that like kind of a summary? Well, the, the, the screw it was more like, crap, we have nothing else to do. Or there's we no don't see, choice. there's no other choice. We got to get out there. <laughs> so what uh, is it now as the world said, screw it, and it took it all away? Give everybody an overview of what it is that you actually do now and how you do it better than everybody in the world. Well, appreciate it, man. Yeah. So, you know, after the stickers and the t-shirts, right, we, we have no, first we had no idea what we were doing. We're like, we're or, play, or, play, playing business. yeah, play. or roommate came in and he's like, dude, stickers have awesome margins. And we're like, yeah, that's awesome. What are margins? <laughs> right. <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, we had everything to learn about, about business. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. we decided to do everything ourselves, like learn how to uh, use Adobe Illustrator, design everything, every single part of the process. Um, which I'm thankful for because now we have a lot of skills, but at the same time, it was very painful and it didn't work out at the end. Um, but it's like everything, everything happens for a reason and it's always for the best reason, right? That, that is the mindset that, that we live with. And after that, you know, section of our life, we decided to start a social media marketing agency and the conversation just kept going. I said, Hey man, like, Content, content, content. And I didn't want to do it because I was the one that used to edit and record and do all the content. My brother didn't do any of that. So, he, but he was like, yes, let's do content, right? <laughs> I was like, it's going to be so much work. Uh, but, but we decided to go there. It, it came it came out of feedback, right? Like we, we, had, we had different services that we were offering at the time for local uh, brick and mortars because mm-hmm. that was my background. I used to run a, a, a few fitness studios and, uh, and that's the people I knew, right? And everybody's like, right, we want content content and we want this and we want to create and how do we do it how do we monetize and so i'm like man like people are telling us right yeah, we should yeah. do this and we sat i remember we sat down in, in the whiteboard and we're like these are the seven things that we're currently doing right are we happy doing this no are we happy doing this no uh we're happy doing content i said yes francis said no and then we're like <laughs> you know and but if this is exactly what the people are doing so we yeah. kind of decided on it and trying to yeah. figure out so we decided to pivot there right and we saw the you know the moment we're listening a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk you see him a lot and he posted those guides that pretty much shares how he and his team repurpose his content right and we're like oh you know what like we we can probably build a process around this and and make it our own build our own process and help the people that that we want to help with so that is what we set out to do 
And we created now what we call the M2M, which stands for macro to micro. And literally what we do is we help people maximize their efforts because they're putting so much love and attention and energy into creating their podcast, right? These long form pieces of content that are extremely valuable. And then you don't have the either the energy or the resources to create what we call now, we don't call it repurposing. We actually have a, a war against that that <laughs> word now. We call it just multi-purposing it. Um, so more people can find that about you. And then it became, how do we use that to drive right results into your business? Therefore, why you see the sign on the back, the name of the podcast <laughs> is content is profit. And that just led to one thing to the other. So how we help people is, hey, send us your podcast. And we'll do some magic with it through the M2M and we'll deliver all these assets for you. But at the same time, which is something that we learn uh, through you as well, you 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 kind of help us reaffirm that this was part of the good step is the accountability and support, man. Because mm-hmm. we, like, we, I, I was indoctrinated into the the digital marketing space by you know i still i still enjoy that i still like that company a lot i I don't want to talk bad about them i'm not gonna (laughs) name the company um i I, i'm really thankful for everything i'll tell you a story about it after we're done recording all right sounds good sounds good (laughs) but you know a lot of that space is take information take information take information and you know people get just get stuck right they're like buying tactics and hacks and they're not learning the principles and and the foundations on how to do things yep. you are right like i i it's kind of like the the saying of the fish right like don't give a man a, man a fish just t- teach them how to fish right yep. but I, I i read this from a book called toxic charity that resonated so much that charities go to places right and then when they leave they actually leave these places worse because now they're so dependent on on these people yep. so the guy was like don't just teach them how to fish because what happens if the if the lakes dries right what about you teach them how to maybe go and find their own lake or how to uh build a dam or something right like teach them these principles and foundations so so they can be uh self self-sufficient self-reliable and when we talked to you, right, one of the biggest points for me that resonated was that factor of accountability and support. It's like, you know what, you can have the best info product in the world, but if, you know, 80% of your people are not getting the results, man, it's, it's not the best. Totally. Like, but you could, you could have on the in, info, info side of things, not the best product, right? Something that you know is moving people forward, but your support and accountability is helping now 80 or 90 percent of your people be successful now that's that's an area where where we want to be right yeah so that being said we we have included that into our service what we do is like you know what like i I was feeling bad at some point just giving people content and then posting it and not seeing results right like yes what we what we sold at the moment was the the multi multi-purpose content the system that we deliver for them but i was like you know what i want them to succeed like if they if they're successful we're gonna be more successful right like it it's just that the matter of accountability and support so how can we offer that into the process into the service so that's what we did and and now we are like like 
we just love that communication with people, just interacting with them, helping them. Hey, what, what are you doing? Uh, are you being reactive? Are you being proactive with your content, right? How can we create more conversations? How can we build more relationships that are going to change your life and your business, right? So those part, those things now form part of, of the service as well, how we help people. Yeah, what I love about you guys, and um, I love that I can say this, that like more content isn't the answer. And that that's what separates you from me. Like, we, you know, we can take this podcast and turn it into 180 clips, if not more, posts, stories, you know, lives, reels, all of it. But without the depth and the intention behind it, and then making sure that it's creating a conversation or doing it, because I'm sure you guys see this all the time, and I see this, and it drives me nuts. It's not about more, you know, dissemination. Like, where can you go deep and where can you do it? And that's why I love that you guys do this. And it's the same analogy of, like, a lot of people come to me, and they're like, nobody's seeing my stuff. I need to post more. I'm like, no, no. Like, I no, I'm not going to hand you any more fish. Like, you have to start looking different and engaging it. And so I'm really incredibly proud of you guys for doing that because – you know, content's amazing, but only as amazing as the people seeing it and then the accountability for them to consume it. And then once they consume it, the community for them to put it into action. And that's really yeah. where the needle starts to move. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I agree 100% of with, with what you're saying, right? And a lot of the things that we've seen since we started implementing the, not just the service, but the framework, right? It's just, it is a framework. There's several frameworks out there for content creation. There's people that have internal teams and they have their own framework, right? Like for us, the way that we produce our show, right? It, it, we talk a lot about the publishing pyramid, right? Like, and uh, we have to understand it from, from the top to bottom and then we have to execute from the bottom up. Right? So at the very top, we see the resources and we see people uh, like Gary Vee, right? for example, right? We name him because everybody knows him, right? And it's like, well, he has like four TikTok specific editors. That's a lot of resources, <laughs> right? Just for yeah. that one platform, right? Um, so we we often as entrepreneurs or business owners that are starting to create that media side of things in the, in their own companies, compare themselves to that, right? And the, the Gary has been publishing for years, right? We we often refer to Mr. Beast, 10 years publishing, totally. right? On, on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Incredible, right? And obviously, and then they call him the fastest grower, like whatever. Like it's been 10 years in the making, guys. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. So and we, we started to publish like three months ago, right? And I'm quoting somebody and they're like, okay, well, I want to be like Mr. Beast. I'm like, okay, well, you got 10 years. Let's do it, man. Right. Like, uh, I'm, I'm happy to, to help you. Right. So we see that resources and then we go through, you know, capacity. What's our capacity? What, what's, uh, what's our team's capacity? If we have, if we have a team right below capacity, we have consistency. Can we actually be consistent on the production of the content? Oh, we got what the second puppy right here in the back. <laughs> uh, that's Atlas, uh, another Husky, lots of hair. Anyways, um, so we have, we have the consistency aspect and right below is a message, right? What is our message as an individual, as a, as a company, what is the message that we want to share with our audience, with our community, with our tribe, right? So once we understand that now we can start executing, sounds good. Is my, is my message good? Is my message resonating? How can I go deep? Like you said, right? Like maybe it's for us was Facebook live. We did 45 days straight of Facebook lives before even the show was on. And we got incredible results. We got the first like six-figure client because of a Facebook Live, because of the of the message that resonated. Mm -hmm. No production whatsoever. It was the message alone. I'm like, huh, okay, that, that works. Guess what? 
consistency. How can how can we be consistent? Uh, do we have the systems to be consistent? What is it? How does it look like? Is it three times a week? Is it every single day? What is it? What is my commitment to consistency? For us in the 45 Live was every single day for 45 mm -hmm. days straight with the show is three times a week, right? And that stays, right? And then after that, okay, we now start measuring capacity, our capacity, if we have team, our team's capacity, right? So right now, Uh, what the show is allowing us to do internally, and this is like full open, like behind the scenes, right? It's obviously allowing us to create relationships, to create conversations with incredible people that we look up to, that people that we might uh, be partners with in different projects that we can add value to them, right? Um, we also uh, is part of a of a of a sales system. I'm not gonna lie. We do believe that what we do and what we do is is very beneficial to a lot of people out there. So is that the service? not to have these conversations, right? And um, and then on the back end is testing systems and capacity with our own team to execute. So right now I think we're publishing, you know, about a, about 400 pieces of content because we're constantly testing, right? What's working, what's not working, what's resonating, what is the message that's resonating, right? And because we have the resources and because we have the, the capacity, we can test these things, right? So it's about the framework, like Fonsi said, it's about understanding and thinking in your own company how can you do that right you produce incredible content i mean the podcast is incredible and there's different people consume different contents in different ways but where is your people where is yeah. your community and i think you guys are doing it great right and you have a team that can execute that for you mm -hmm. a lot of people don't do not have their teams or maybe they're executing themselves and they need these foundations and principles so through the service through the workshops and through the things this is what we're doing and helping people out Yeah, the two two important things that you said, and I, I'm just going to hone in on one of them just to have it be a point, is that the, the fastest way to fail is to compare your current state to somebody else's after state. And yes. the fastest way to succeed is to compare your current state to their before state. And so, like, you can't be like, oh, I want to go be Mr. Beast. I'm like, go look at his videos from 10 years ago because that consistency is going to be the secret. And it's so nuts because, like, even when, when Facebook Live launched, the day it launched because I had a, you know – 200,000 fans, I got first access. The day it launched, I went live every day for nine months. I didn't miss a day. And it added, I had videos with six and a half million views and, you know, 9,000 comments. But I also had videos with 100 views and four comments with 200,000 fans. And it was the yeah. consistency yeah. of it all. And so I love that you say that and you have it. And um, It's just super, super imperative to kind of really nail in on that. And uh, the one thing that you said that I think is so interesting, and I'm going to add this because you said the capacity of you and the capacity of your team. A lot of people don't think about the capacity of your customer. And mm -hmm. I watch a lot of people, like if you're teaching photography and you're giving a new thing to learn every single day, four times a day, they'll do none of it, right? And so you also have to implore empathy with where yeah. your customer is to ensure that you're matching the capacity of your customer, right? Like, and it's like, if you're doing marketing in a fitness space and your customer hasn't worked out in five years or they've never run and they want to run a marathon, if you're doing running and exercises and sprints, they're never going to start, right? It's like, yeah. what's that yeah. one thing? And so that's the one piece I would add that I think is so imperative. I, I, yeah. I love that you brought this up and this is a very cool story. I mean, I remember getting this call. We, uh, we still connect with this uh, previous customer now, but uh, I've, They might be coming back, but here's here's what happened, right? They texted us. We have a private Slack channel with all of our clients, and it's like, hey, Luis, we need to uh, we need to pause, right? And it, immediately my mind goes to crap. What's wrong? Like, what's happened? Like, like obviously we we have a very laid out process where like everything is kind of paced and and um, depending on 
the capacity and the inputs that we're getting and the outputs that they want to get, right? And sometimes that output, they're like, give me as much as possible. I'm like, are you sure? Because in two weeks, you're probably going to have 100 assets. If Like, we can push it. We haven't found a limit yet. But it's like, do you or the team has the capacity to distribute, to be aware of the conversations, to establish those connections, right? Is is all about that. Like, the more, give me more, 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 right? So sometimes we start small. And these guys, that's exactly what happened the first month. They're like, give me as much as possible. I'm like, are you 100% sure? Like, what is your capacity? I'm like, we talked about it. He's like, no, give it to me, right? And then two weeks later, they call, but like, man, uh, you were right, right? Diminish the 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 amount of assets. Let's be a little bit more conscious of on how we do this, and we kind of guide them through the through the process. And then a few months later, they go in like, hey, Luis, you know, we we gotta we gotta stop. And I'm like, oh man, okay, sounds good. Let's let's jump on a quick call. I would love uh, any feedback. I wanna I wanna find out, you know, why and and help in any way possible uh, that transition, right? So they're gonna be like, okay, well, this this actually you know cost like. A lot of more sales that we we were equipped to handle, yeah. like and at, at an operational and fulfillment side of things. So now they were going through a process of hiring and training people to execute on the people that came in, and that's what happened is because we shifted from the mentality of more, more, more to like more specific, less the capacity of execution, creating those connections for them. They had a very solid sales system on the back end, and that caused that. And they're like, and I was like, look, you want my two cents? My two cents, like, don't stop. Like, don't, don't now you're on momentum, right? But you know that that was their personal choice and the capacity also on their own on how to operate. You know the the new team members and onboard the, these new things, right? And uh, and it's been an incredible lesson. So thank you for bringing that point on. I put it right here that goes that uh, that's a new item that's gonna go next to the you, you can know, add it to your uh, framework of customer capacity it's good i you can give absolutely. me a royalty in a couple of years absolutely I Sounds like a plan. <laughs> all right so now i'm gonna i'm gonna shift it i want to go rapid fire what are you both currently reading Ooh, uh that what the heck is eos i have a commitment with fonzie to to read that before tuesday uh, <laughs> so you're gonna start in two days <laughs> Well, no, it's kind of halfway done. And then uh, I, I'm listening to The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Hal, Hal's a good yeah. human. What about you, Fonz? So, I'm reading Traction, which is a book that comes uh, EOS. I'm reading Still Like an Artist, which is like a really uh, fast read, but it's incredible. It has so many golden boulders. And I'm also reading Lives, uh, Lives of the Stoics by Ryan Holiday. Oh, yeah. I love it. We haven't even... I, I need like a golden boulder sound effect for when you guys come back on the show because I forgot about golden boulders. I appreciate we got, that. We got you. I got it. I got it. What is oh 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 don't worry. I have that one too. Um we can have a sound effect off. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good. Um so now thinking about that, what is your favorite ever book that you've read? Um well, does it, does it have to be fictional or business? Anything. <laughs> it's your question. He likes Harry Potter. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, that, for me, uh, one that had a massive impact was the one thing when we first started, yeah, yeah. like Pops 2014. On. The one thing. Yeah. Uh, one that I lately enjoyed a lot. I honestly don't think I have like my ultimate favorite book, but the first one that came to mind is one called "The Courage to Be Disliked," mm. and it's a uh, it's a very it's a great book. It's very different. It is actually kind of like a script, a conversation between a philosopher and a kid. Oh. Um, but it has it has great lessons. That's yeah. how, what was that one called? The courage to be disliked. Yeah, the courage to be. I'll send it to you. Yeah, Don't I'm, worry. Gonna, Don't I'm, gonna, I'm gonna add that to my list. That's a good one. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm I I'm not gonna foreshadow this answer. So, what is both of your ultimate favorite foods? Not style, but like dish. 
Ooh, and queso paisa arepa. So a queso paisa <laughs> is this traditional white cheese from Venezuela. So uh, obviously an arepa is this... Uh, Arepas are legit. Corn, though, are oh, so good. Uh, yeah, by the way, there's plans to include the arepa experience into our uh, podcast ex- or funcast experience. <laughs> so just just, just you wait. Uh, yeah. But yeah, incredible. I yeah. love it. For me at the moment are poke bowls, man. I'm, I love Asian <laughs> food. I love sushi, all that type of stuff. But poke bowls lately have, have my heart. Okay. I'm a <laughs> I think I know the answer to this one. Uh, mountains or beach? <laughs> Mountains that end in beach. <laughs> no. Whoa. Um, uh, beach for me, beach. Yeah, if I'm being honest, I would prefer to leave. Man, that's a, such a tough one, honestly. I, <laughs> I, I'm split 50 50. I'm split 50 50. is starting to get sweaty pits. Uh, yeah, George, I, I get sweaty pits in the, in the rapid fire doesn't questions. doesn't do well with rapid fire. <laughs> I love it. He's like, if I'm being honest, I'm like, have you been lying to me this whole episode? Like, what? <laughs> oh, my wife would like, my wife would rip that to pieces. Like when I start, when I met my wife, my wife's like certified in hypnosis and neurolinguistics and you know, all that stuff. And so I would say things like patterns of speech and she would literally like leave the house for an hour. And I'm like, what? I don't under. And she's like, listen to you. And I was like, God, that's really bad. So now I'm so present to it. <laughs> yes. So oh, present so- to it. Like, and another one I that I used, I, another one I used to say, we'd be like, Oh George, I'm like, I'm late. I'm like, no worries. And she'd be like, who said I was worried? Why are you projecting your shit on me? And I'm like, oh, totally yeah. get it. Totally get it now. And then I, I would know. I would be like, let me be honest. She's like, are you lying to me? I'm like, it's so good though. But now I'd like, I'm so triggered. I hear it and I'm like, oh my God, I used to say that all the time. And I just laugh about it now because I still do it. Or, now, why do I say, because it's a habit, right? Like yeah. it's express and, and mm. words mean. And, and uh, this is something that, you know, with my wife too, like she's completely opposite to, to me. Like she's not entrepreneur mindset at all whatsoever. She's happy with the job that she has. Like we're very thankful, right? Uh, but that's the thing. Like words are very powerful and sometimes she has no filter. And I'm like, hey, just like open, <laughs> open your eyes. And, you know, this is exactly what you said. And, you know, it means something, right? And uh, that's yeah. a constant conversation that we've been having. Yeah, lately. I love it. I mean, I love my wife. My wife is the reason I'm successful. I'll just say it here. Even if she gets rid of me at some point, like I'm successful because my wife has trained me. Like she's, yeah. I'm basically like a pit bull with a big heart. And she realized it and she's been training me for like nine years to get to this point. So it'd be interesting how good of a dog I am in like 10 more years. <laughs> and I'm totally okay with it. Yes. Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, my, oh, my, and the favorite one, if I ever really need to test if my wife is like really like present or mad at me, I can just look at her and be like, you complete me. And that one, oh, I used to say that all the time. I'm like, nothing like running around and be like, hi, I'm the most codependent male in the world. I have a lot of unhealed trauma and mommy and daddy issues. And you complete me. And she, oh, man. Oh, Her rage. Yeah. The neighbors probably were like, the things that we can laugh about now. But it's because of my ability to pivot to bring it all the way back. I had to Let's go. <laughs> All right. So, so here we go. I got I to gotta ask you both a rapping question. Uh, and uh, Fonzie, you get to go first. <laughs> you like what I did there? So this one, um, this one's really important to me. So, you know, if you were to take anybody listening to this episode and they forgot about absolutely everything that you said, they don't remember one thing. But in this moment, you have the ability to tattoo wisdom on their soul that they will take with them for the rest of their life. What would you tattoo on their soul? Hmm. Wow. That's a, that's an incredible question. First of all, 
the boss is already on your side. So yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, it's something that means a lot to me is that the pursuit of, I guess, pursuit of happiness, right? Is am I doing the the right thing? Um, and I'm not by any means. I'm not great at this. I'm actually trying to steal it more into my life and practice it more. But, you know, inward reflection, just like ask yourself the, the hard questions and don't be afraid to, you know, explore the, your, your, your feelings, right? How, how are the things that you're doing affecting you in an emotional way? Um, are they affecting you positively, negatively? Um, because that, I think that's, and you mentioned it, that intuition and God, like it, it will give you clarity. And with, like, you need to have that space mm -hmm. to do so. And that will allow you to, you know, determine going full circle back to the beginning. That will determine whether you want to pivot or not, or, you know, what, what action to take next. So that's what I would say to people is start looking inward and be honest with yourself. Because a lot of times we look inward, but we are, you know, so afraid of things that we cheat a little bit in there. So be I honest here. I love it. All right. Next. That's it. And the, <laughs> the show, that's it. I mean, I cannot follow that. Yes, you <laughs> um, can. So I actually have something tattooed on my back and mm. that's what I want to share. I have this, uh, this angel. Um, I, I have a story with angels later then that we can share later. If you believe it or not, it's fine. I don't care. But, uh, I, I had this saying, in Latin says Semper Felix, um, and it means uh, always positive, right? And the meaning has evolved over time. Uh, I've had that tattoo for about eight years now, and uh, I had the idea of getting that in, on me for a reminder uh, since I was 15 and I was living in Italy by myself, right? So uh, what it means is not just think positive, right? Today, the latest evolution and the reflection that I've done with it, right? and I have it there and I and I see it and I do this every time. It's kind of like my, my igniter uh, to move forward is we got to be proactive on how to be positive, not just inside of us, but with our communities, with the people that we impact, with the message that we share every single time and uh, and reflect and be proactive to, to take action, right? Going back to the beginning of the, of the conversation that we had. Um, to make sure that we have our back covered and make sure that that we're happy and we're not lying to ourselves, right? So, kind of, that's uh, that's one. I believe so much in that that I have it tattooed on my back, and uh, yeah, that's that's what I uh, I will share. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm not going to disrupt either of those wisdoms, but I do have to know if people want more of the biz bros, the energy, the positivity, the love, the empathy, the compassion, and the content that is fire to turn their content into profit, where's the best place for them to find you? Yeah, yeah definitely. So if you want to listen to the podcast, just search for content is profit, but we would love to get to know you, have a conversation with you, um, you know, see your faces. So feel free to add us at, on Instagram is at bizbrosco. Um, or if you put Luis Camejo, I know it's a little bit difficult here, but you'll find both of us. We have an orange profile picture that you won't miss. And <laughs> add us. If you add us, if you follow us, just know that you're going to get a message back, whether it is a video or a voice note. But we, we, we try to do that with everybody that, that joins the family. 
So so then you'll be obligated to jump on on a call and get to know us. <laughs> Just so you know. So uh, don't don't be a stranger. And yeah, we. We just want to connect with you and we just want to make more friends. And if you're coming from from listening to George's podcast, but not, like I can tell you we're going to be really good friends. I love it. And thank you both for kind of being an embodiment of like what I believe and what I teach, but just a shiny example of the depth that you could do when you connect with people and help. And I know you just had Chris do on the podcast a while ago and he talks about this all the time. And so powerful, powerful stuff. And you guys, this was an absolute gift. And so thank you for being here. I'm going to wrap the show. You two stick around. And so for everybody listening, that was another episode of the Mind of George show. And uh, I'm not the only one whose mind belongs in a straitjacket, but for all the best reasons, absolutely crushed. And I'm going to challenge you to take anything from today's episode and put it into practice. Go connect with the biz bros. Uh, they are a shining example of empathy, compassion, love, content, giving, serving at the highest level. And they really practice what they preach. And their content is absolute fire. And so remember that relationships always beat algorithms. I will either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. And what I love about this outro is I'm still watching them like take pictures of each other as I'm recording this. So I'm going to wrap the episode. It's time to cue the outro and I will see you guys in the next one. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.